Hey, and welcome to Fan Theory Queries, where we analyze fan theories from all over the internet, but mostly Reddit. I'm Spencer. I'm Michael. And I'm Blythe. Hey, Blythe. Welcome. Uh, for those that haven't been listening to our past three episodes, Blythe is filling in for Laura. Laura's a little under the weather with a scratchy throat. And she's going to talk like this the whole episode. <laughs> so I figured we'd get Blythe to come in here um, and not talk like that. So, yes. Blythe... You can be on the show as long as you don't talk like that. Oh, man. That was my whole plan this whole time. My master plan. She's been chain smoking to prepare for it. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I have. Foiled. Man. Kids, don't don't smoke. It's bad for you. No, it is very bad mm. for you. You know what else is bad for you? <laughs> oh, dear. Barty Crouch. Taking too long. Yep. Barty Crouch Taking too long to talk about a theory is bad for you. <laughs> um <laughs> Speaking of which, this episode, we have a theory from Harry Potter again, one of our favorite go-tos. Um, they say that Barty Crouch Jr. used Felix Felicis in order to impersonate Moody. Oh. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Very interesting. Mad-Eye Moody? That's the one. Mm-hmm. Not D.L. Moody? No. Okay. That's like his brother or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as I was rereading Goblet of Fire, I had a thought. How the heck did Barty Crouch Jr. manage to pass as Moody for a full year? Physically, he had Polyjuice Potion. That's logical. But Moody was one of Dumbledore's oldest friends, and it's implied Hagrid's as well. Crouch ha- also had to repeatedly deal with ministry officials many of whom who had worked with Moody. Yes, he had access to Moody, so he could use Imperio to get information out of him. But imagine the level of detail required. From the timeline in the books, Crouch had less than 12 hours after replacing Moody to interrogate him. In that time, he had to figure out how Moody walked, talked, and behaved. The one thing we know about Moody was that he was incredibly paranoid, and that paranoia often paid off. Upon meeting Harry for the first time, for real, Moody immediately performs a check to see if Harry has been replaced or controlled, by asking him a question only he'd know. It seems fair to assume that he has some kind of code word or security question for his close friends, including Dumbledore. Also, given his extreme paranoia, Moody may have created a fake code word to be told to his kidnappers, then informed his friends that if he'd been replaced, he'd have his kidnappers say that word. Uh, Given the Imperius curse, Crouch could have forced it out of him. But, as we learned from Harry, people can resist the curse, or at least maliciously comply, giving only partial information. One of the top aurors in history seems like he'd have plenty of practice doing just that. When he arrived at Hogwarts, Crouch Jr. already had a large supply of Polyjuice potion on hand. That means that Wormtail must have had access to potion materials, as well as knowledge and time to brew a complex potion. From that, we can make the logical assumption that Pettigrew also had some Felix Felicis. By having Crouch Jr. take a few drops of that at key points, he could easily manage to get lucky, saying just the right things, acting just the right way. We only see him interact with Dumbledore a few times, so he wouldn't need much of it. He also likely used it to make sure his plan went off well. After all, Crouch's entire plan hinged on a large number of tiny details going right. 
He had to be capable of tricking the Goblet of Fire, which was an extraordinarily difficult magical feat. Then have Harry be allowed to compete instead of, you know, just having him show up at every event and choose the forfeit. Then have Harry succeed in his tasks. Have Neville and Dobby help Harry. Have Harry be the first to the cup, etc. Using Felix Felicis would allow him to shift the odds on those events, augmenting his planning even more. The end. That's it. Okay, um, before we move forward, I need a quick yeah. refresher of what Fili- Felix Felicis Fili- uh, does. Uh, it's, yeah. It gives you good luck, is that right? Yes, mm-hmm. it's essentially a luck potion. It, okay. you, you, you drink it, and for a limited amount of time, depending on how much you drink, um, you are granted extraordinary luck, essentially. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hmm. Uh, so what do you guys think? You know, it's funny. This was Goblet of Fire was the last full Harry Potter book I read. Oh, really? I loved it. Um, and for some reason after that, I just I started reading Order of the Phoenix, and I didn't finish it. I've watched all the movies, though. Fun story. Okay. Uh, yeah, what do I, I think? Yeah, go for it. Uh, okay, if, since you asked, <laughs> I think, first of all, let me ask, um, does part does all of his plan really hinge on that many details to go right? Mm-hmm. And if so, I feel like a lot of it was... Um, actually, you know, manipulated by him, you know, that was not luck, though. Like, I feel like he did do a lot, had his hands in a lot of things to make it go the way he planned it. Yeah, I remember I, incorrectly. No, I, I I think you're on the right track there. Um, I, there first, I'll say that, yes, those, all those things needed to go a certain way, but... I, I'm not 100% sure that he necessarily needed luck for mm-hmm. all those things to right. go the way that he needed them to because that kind of takes away the efficacy of Barty Crouch Jr. and his prowess yeah. mm-hmm. and ability to to do the, the crazy things that he's able to do. If, mm-hmm. if he just has to rely on luck for everything, then anybody could have done that. Right. Yeah. Didn't need to be somebody like him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, another question I have. Mm-hmm. This whole theory, with the exception of what we just talked about, um, uh, relies upon the idea that Moody was incredibly paranoid. Mm-hmm. And a lot of assumptions that, okay, well, if he was paranoid, he probably would have done this, or he may have even done this, because yeah. that's what paranoid people would do. But we don't have any examples of him doing that. Mm-hmm. Has he ever created a fake code word to be told to his kidnappers? Um, you know, it says whenever he meets Harry for the first time, he immediately performs a check to see if Harry has been replaced. This is after, um, it's, uh, he's been rescued. Is that correct? Like yes. after Barty has been revealed? Yes. Okay. So who wouldn't do that? <laughs> you yeah. know, if, if you've been exactly kidnapped mm-hmm. and been replaced for a year, wouldn't you be paranoid and... Uh, especially after that event, then you would be especially paranoid, and then that makes yeah. sense. But was he that paranoid before all of this happened? Right. I mean, I think he was more careful than paranoid 
Mm-hmm. He's, like they said, he's one of the top orers in history. Mm-hmm. And he, he didn't get that way just from being paranoid at the time. He's just good at what he does. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, you, there might be some paranoia in there, especially as the years go on. Um, but I, I feel like that makes him weaker if everything that he does is just because he's paranoid. Mm-hmm. rather than it's careful planning on his part. Right. Yeah. I would say as someone who um, I think on the outside, when I share <laughs> my thoughts, um, people might initially say, oh, you're paranoid about that or you're paranoid about this. I do not see it that way at all. I see it as I am actually more yeah. prepared than anyone else in my life because mm-hmm. I think yeah. of all the possible worst case scenarios and what I would do in that situation. So I think the word choice of paranoid um, kind of makes Moody seem a little weak. And I think Mm -hmm. um, like, like Michael said, maybe he's just more careful or more calculated in the decisions he makes because he has to be. And because that's how he's trained himself to be um, Mm -hmm. rather than being paranoid. Yeah. I mean, like just look at the phrasing of this. It seems fair to assume that he has some kind of code word or security question for his close friends. Yeah. Moody may have even created a fake code word to be told to his kidnappers. We, yeah, I think that's a lot assumptions. of assumptions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And to, to briefly go back to, to what you were saying, Blythe, um, basically what, what you're saying is that Moody is an Enneagram 6 for those that exactly that follow the Enneagram. Um, if that's what we're getting at, then yes, I think yeah. that's the case. And also, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I mean, Michael, you know Harry Potter way better than I do, but isn't the Crouch family known for being very powerful wizards? Um, yeah, uh, it's... To be fair, it's been a while since I've read the books where it goes mm-hmm. a, little, a little bit more into detail with that. But I did recently uh, watch through the movies again. And mm-hmm. I would say it's more of like they're highly respected okay. than they're just like overly powerful. But mm-hmm. they are powerful. Like right. I, I can say that for sure. They have to be uh, respected for some reason. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think and, – and maybe Crouch Jr. is – getting some of that respect because of Crouch Sr. Um, But at the same time, I think that um, we're building off of, like you said, Spencer, a lot of assumptions, but also I Mm -hmm. think we're diminishing um, Crouch Jr.'s abilities by saying, oh, well, he needs luck at every single turn to make this whole thing work. Like the, the number of times he would have to take this potion Mm-hmm. based off of this theory is insane like i, I just yeah. think yeah. that's that it's basically like i don't remember which one of you said it earlier anyone could have done that at that point you know yeah. i mean dobby yeah. could do it at that point you know what i mean like mm-hmm. if no, no, if they're no. taking if they're using liquid luck at every single turn every single individual interaction that has to happen yeah. perfectly um i think that's just diminishing uh crouch's abilities personally yeah. yeah all right well um looks like this post was pretty popular it's got some really good comments before i dive into that one last thing i want to say before we do this is 
think about all the characters that David Tennant has ever played across <laughs> media. When exactly. has he ever played a weak character that had to rely on just luck for anything? Like exactly. he's always like <laughs> a powerful person in one way or another, whether yes. it's physically, mentally, whatever. He's so he doesn't play those kinds of characters. Yeah, basically. so we have some good strikes against this theory, but the number one is that David Tennant. Yes, yeah. if we're talking just the movies, exactly, absolutely. I mean, I would fully believe yeah. that that was David Tennant the whole entire time, and not the actor who was <laughs> oh, playing yeah. Woody. <laughs> yeah, that's how talented right. he is. So, <laughs> all right. So on that note, we'll get into some of these comments. And this first one's from Maddie is M in a box. Okay. Mm. Um, they say I'm actually currently in the middle of re-listening to Goblet of Fire as well. The whole timeline of having Polyjuice ready for Crouch before Hogwarts starts just doesn't work out for me. The World Cup was just days before the start of the new year at Hogwarts. Crouch had just escaped his father's control. Polyjuice potion takes months to brew. So there's a lack of time to make the potion, lack of time to learn how to pass this moody, lack of time to recover from 10 years or so of being under the Imperius curse, not to mention that a boy who went to Azkaban at 19 spent a year with Dementors, then spent the rest of his life under a curse, can overpower one of the best Aurors ever uh, a couple days later. I mean... Well, when you put it that way... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that's a pretty valid valid point. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and then, but the OP had a response to that. Yeah, so OP says... I think they stated that Wormtail and Voldemort were the ones to brew the potion and to help take down Moody. Maybe Pettigrew used his Animagus abilities to take down Moody by surprise. But yeah, it doesn't make much sense. Hmm. So basically, it sounds like OP is refuting his own theory at this point. Backpedaling a little bit at least. I don't know. All right, so the next comment's from uh, user Blue Sailor. They say, The plan to re replace Moody was made before Crouch's escape at the World Cup, though. Voldemort had already found out that Crouch was still alive from Bertha Jorkins uh, before... Sorry, <laughs> that name cracks me up. Uh, from Bertha Jorkins before the book starts and made the plan based on that information. In the first chapter, Harry dreams about Voldemort and Wormtail discussing it and planning to rescue Crouch. They could have already had the potion made at that point. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair point. This uh, this comment is from uh, Natal Frost. Uh, they say, I think it's mentioned several times that the Crouch family were no ordinary wizards. Sirius called Crouch Sr. powerfully magical. Mm. And it's implied by the way Voldy spoke about Junior that he, was, that he wasn't an ordinary wizard too. He must have been very powerful as well. So overcoming the Imperius curse shouldn't have been an issue. Coming back to Moody, I think it's quite clearly mentioned that despite Moody being paranoid, he was losing his once powerful aura skills in his old age. But I'm definitely of the view that the initial swap and takeover has a lot of loopholes in them that couldn't just be explained away. This occurred to me only when I read Goblet of Fire late into, into my 20s when I was thinking, you know, it seemed like a, it was a little too easy. There you go. Hmm. Yeah, I think that kind of seals the deal for me. I honestly, I've pretty much formed my opinion at this point. I, I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you too. Cool. Well, then let's take a quick ad break and we'll be back. 
right, we are back from our ad break and it is time to give this theory a rating. But uh, really quickly before we get into that, just to remind all you listeners, I'm gonna go over our rating scale just one more time. The highest rating that we have is genius. This is reserved for only the best theories, which we believe are better than the actual canon. The next step down is plausible. It's a good theory, it's believable. Unlikely is next. It's not a terrible theory, but pretty unlikely, as the name suggests. And then the last thing is preposterous. These are the theories that are just stupid. Basically, we're all dumber for having listened to them. All right, who's up first? I'll go first. Okay, go for it. I think this is preposterous. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think I think it's dumb. I, I don't think this person is looking for explanations. Sure, okay, maybe some things don't add up. That welcome to fiction, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and while in some books and movies and things, and even other Harry Potter, Potter other Harry Potter areas, we can find things that actually might make sense where things don't add up. You know, ways to explain mm -hmm. that. Here, I don't think it's needed, um, yeah. and I just don't. I just think that this is silly. And like I think, like y'all mentioned, he would have to take a lot of liquid luck. Um, yeah, and. I'm going to cheat a little bit. This isn't my knowledge. I did read another comment that said um, um, Slughorn, who's known as one of the greatest potion makers in the Wizards game world, a Wizards game world, explains that Liquid Luck is the hardest potion in the world to brew and extremely expensive. Yes. Um, so again, that would be if you have to drink a lot of it, which I mean, I don't know how much you need, but still, uh, you would yeah. have to have a lot of that. I think the characters are who they are. And that speaks for the, for themselves and their motivations and their abilities to accomplish certain things, not luck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Preposterous. Plus, uh, plus uh, potions are so very particular and, and meticulous in the Harry Potter world that I don't know if you could easily just drop a couple of uh, drops of, of one potion into another and have it still have the same effect without something just crazy happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. But... Yeah. Anyway, all right, Blythe, what do you think? Well, I think this theory is preposterous. <laughs> Yay. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I, look, I, I think they're trying too hard. I think they're going off of a lot of assumptions, and I think there are too many... Uh, working pieces to this theory for it to actually make sense. I think they're completely mm -hmm. overcomplicating something that, like Spencer said, really does not need an explanation. Um, and I think this explanation is one that kind of diminishes the abilities of the character that we're talking about. So Actually, both of them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, both Moody and Barty. Yes, I completely agree. So I have to say that this is preposterous. Cool. I mean, I don't... I can kind of see where you guys are coming from, but, I mean, they make some pretty good points. I'm just kidding. This is preposterous. <laughs> this is so dumb. Uh, I, I literally feel dumber for having to have read through all of that. Mm. Uh, that was just luck. Was just yeah. Luck. <laughs> and uh, you know, you know what they say about 
people who just assume like it it makes something out of you and me mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. so yes. yeah it's well, it's just it's dumb like like you guys kind of already touched on on my reasons for this rating like it, it just it takes away the like coolness of these two characters mm-hmm. if they just have a cheat code for everything you know right. like mm-hmm it makes them far less interesting than they are. So I don't even want to talk about this anymore. It's preposterous. Yeah. Sounds like the, All right, the well, OP I'm... should have taken some liquid luck before they posted this. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yep. Um, well, uh, speaking of l- luck, um, I, I can, I know something else that could use some luck. Oh, um, you you made me think about this this fascinating movie detail I spotted on Reddit the other day. I was just scrolling through and and I saw this posted by Most Structure nine six four eight. They actually point out that in Avengers Endgame, the funeral scene isn't only for Tony Stark, but the MCU as a whole as it dies with him. Oh. I didn't realize that. Did you guys? Realize that that's what that it was like a double funeral. Do not. I'm not going to give that the validation. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, oh, see now, now, see now, now, now things are off balance for me. I've got to be more careful because, like, normally Lars little like she thinks it's funny to beat on the MCU because she doesn't have any stakes in it. But both of you guys (laughs) are like yes, MCUers. Absolutely. So I, I, I should. Mm-hmm. Good thing we're recording not in the same room, so I can escape. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I took that personally. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to talk about it anymore. So on that note, this has been Fan Theory Queries. I'm Michael. I'm Blythe. And I'm Spencer. Subscribe to Fan Theory Queries so you don't miss out on future discussions of other fascinating fan theories. Oh,